We just, what, what do we endeavor to do, you know, this time on Sunday mornings when we're together, it's such a precious time. And the word, and I know others that have spoken too, you have that sense, many of you have, that um, what we bring forth, what we share, it's, it's precious. I mean, it's important. We want to know what the Lord is saying. We take it, we take it uh, seriously, is that the word? Uh, and so sometimes there's shifts and so forth, and we had some things planned and we may get to some of those, but maybe not exactly, it, it seems, you know, the way we were uh, going to. And uh, so Joyce is gonna share something here from What I'm getting is the reality of life and death kept coming to me. Hours ago, Ken Reynolds' ashes in an urn were setting on this table. They're no longer in the urn because they've been sprinkled around his Fontenelle Resort. But the reality of living fully now, living fully now, the reality of that. And we can only do that as we're just, we remain connected through the day, through the night with our Father, with Jesus, his Holy Spirit within. And so today, that's what kept coming to me. Ken Reynolds is among those in heaven that are experiencing worship. I don't know if he could even sing or whatever, but I know in heaven he's doing some real worship. He's engaging in eternal life, in the presence of the Father and the Son. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. The other reality I had was, as you began with the blessing song, Joan and Sue and I had dear friend Phyllis Reynolds, who was here yesterday. I don't know that I've seen her for 25, 30 years our age, but I was told by her friend, you may not recognize her because she's had a stroke recently. And I didn't until I sat down with her. And um, the reality of our health, the reality of our health, no matter what age we are just appreciating being able to live and move and have our being and um, bend and work and play. But the last thing I did, she was sitting in the fellowship hall with her cane next to her. And it was time for us to leave. Steve, the Lord had used Steve once again to be anointed, to share the news of Jesus' love 
with people who'd never been here before. But as I was with her, I took her face in my hands, and I kissed her forehead, and I spoke the blessing, those words, I spoke it over her. That's what he wants us to be doing in this life, with our life and breath, impart to the family member, impart to others, impart his love. What a privilege. <laughs> what a privilege. So thank you, Lord. And that's what our lives are, your lives, our, I mean our. You are the light of the world. Jesus said that. He said, I am the light of the world. But then he said, you are the light of the world. And there's a lot of darkness, we know that. And there's a lot of things in our culture that are going against the things of the Word of God, the truth, Jesus. Because He is the Word become flesh, He is the truth. And it's true, when a loved one passes, to the next realm. It's, it, the reality is there, of course, at a memorial service or, or funeral, that is so true. I mean, it's right there that, you know. He knew the reality of salvation. Ken knew. He knew, he, he received the Lord right over in the pantry. <laughs> what's now our food pantry. He reminded me of that a few months ago when Mark, uh, Mark and Pastor Dean and I, and maybe Gus was there too. That, that used went over to there. be Steve's office. Yeah, that was my office was back in the day, back in a few days, quite a few days. Uh, but he recounted that that he had received the Lord there, and he remembered the day. And, uh, but now he's made that transition. Also, some of you may know Larry Leeper. Remember Larry? He made that transition this past week also. And uh, we had a cousin about our age, my age, my mom's, Sister Belvi, her son Tom, made that transition just a few weeks ago. But uh, that's why we as a church fellowship, you know, our, what we say is every believer is a minister and we're connecting, our, our heart and mission is to connect people to God, connect people to people and to service then. And that's where our heart is. And uh, we want to proclaim the truth of the Word of God. You know, there's a right way and there's a wrong way. <clears throat> there's an old children's song. It went, there's a right way, there's a wrong way, 
There's a way that seems the right way, but it's the wrong way, and it will lead you far from God. It's true. <laughs> Sorry about that singing there, I guess. It's, but does anybody remember that? Yes. One? Yeah. Martha does for sure. Two, <laughs> three. That's all I know that song? Should have a quartet, have you come up here and sing it with me? But it, it, note that it says there's a right way and there's a wrong way. It's just not my way is okay unless it's not the right way. Mm. There's a right way, there's a wrong way, there's a way that seems the right way. And in a current culture, a certain way, you know, and through the ages of mankind, humankind, there's been things that seemed right, but in time, if they didn't line up with the Word of God, they were exposed and made no, it's not true, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because it leads us away from God instead of to God, and God is life. God is love. God is light. But it's the wrong way, and it will lead you far from God. And there's more to that song, too, but I don't know the rest of it. Maybe. Do any of you that knew it, do you know more words to it? If you feel that they're appropriate or wouldn't add to it, you can let me know and we'll give you the mic here. But the thing is, in our lives, we plant seeds. The things that we're planting into our heart, planting you know, into our minds, you know, what are they? Jesus said the Word of God is like a seed planted. And it was planting in the heart. Uh, but what are we planting? You know, I planted this spring, I planted this kind of squash. And I thought it was a different kind. I thought it was zucchini squash, a yellow one, but it wasn't. So, so, but, and we sure got a lot of them. But, uh, there's thing, some in the entry <laughs> to give away. Yeah, there's but we planted these and, um, We watered them and cultivated them, got the weeds out, mulched them, and all that stuff. And they, they came forth into, this is what the result was. Well, the seeds that you are planting in your heart, in your mind, the thoughts are seeds, the words come in and they're planted words or seeds and they will bring a fruit it will be either good fruit or bad fruit you know good fruit of love joy peace which bring rest which we talked about last week so when we stay on the word no matter what is coming at us 
from the current opinions or current cultural influences and so forth, when we, when we always make them line up with the Word and keep the Word first place, the Word of God, the Word of God, keep this first place, always line everything up with God's Word, then we'll be on the right path. And, and we will be experiencing the fruit of love, joy, and peace. We'll be at rest. Um, and that's what we need. That's what we want. It's so important. Because this is the truth. This is the truth. You know, we talk, we're hearing a lot about the wokeism or woke culture now. And, you got to be woke up to what is right and so forth. Well, if it doesn't line up with this, it isn't. It's putting you to sleep, and what it's doing is putting a scale of deception over your eyes. And that's a big word. In fact, that's the title of the message that I have here. It's deception prevention. Many people in this hour, in this day, are in great deception. They think something is right. They think it's progress, but it's just the opposite of progress. It's regression. It's not the truth. If they're speaking the truth, it'll line up with this. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. That scripture, if you go to John 17, 17, if you have a chain reference Bible, you'll see there's a few other, there's one in Psalms that has that same, same word, I believe it's at least three times in, in the Bible, that God's word is truth. It is the truth, as opposed to not true. It's what gets you out of deception, gets me out of deception. And that's where we need to be. We need to be a light in northern Minnesota or wherever you're from or wherever you're listening. Right now, in this hour, we need to be a light. Proclaiming the truth of God's Word. John 8, 31 and 32. Let's look there. The truth shall make you free is the the headline of this passage in my Bible, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If, say if. If. Say it a little bit louder. If. If. It's if. You abide in my word. Abide means to remain, to dwell, almost like making your home there. You are my disciples indeed. And you shall, not maybe so hope so, if you continue in the Word, dwell in it. And that's like a daily thing, a daily dose. You will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Free from what? Did you have something? You said it. Free from fear. 
A lot of people are in the bondage to fear. We all deal with it. Free from anxiety, even. We all deal with it. We all have it coming against us. Free from the deception of current cultural things that are trying to become norms. We can stand in the light, in the truth, against them and proclaim the truth. And we need to because we love people. Because we love the people that have gotten into deception. We love those that don't believe in marriage of a man and a woman. We love them, and that's why we want to tell them the truth. If you see someone walking in the wrong way, the wrong direction, you want to tell them. Right? And we could go, you know, a lot of cultural issues in this day, that certainly isn't the only one, but that's one. It's one that Joyce and I, one of the things we did in the second month, which is what we were going to focus a little more on here, but we visited some of, I grew up in the Reformed Church in America, and uh, it's one of the oldest denominations in the United States. It, it, was there in, in, when it was when New York was still called New Amsterdam, you know it was started there and um, I have a lot of friends that are still part of that, some that were pastors in the Reformed Church, and we visited some of them in that second month, some of my old college friends and Joyce's too and uh we actually visited over the course of the three months, we visited three Reformed churches for, on Sunday mornings for services. And every place we went, they were greatly concerned for that denomination because there were influences co coming in that wanted to change their... I don't know if you call them bylaws or what, but that that a man could marry a man or a woman could marry a woman and that pastors would need to uh, submit to that. And so what they're doing is they're forming a new congregation or a new denomination. It's really something because, like I say, it's been there for a long time and it was heartbreaking for them, but some of them had already made that vote. But we can be deceived. We can think that something is right. There's a way that seems the right way, but it's the wrong way. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? There's a lot of things like that, and then the, I'm not going to get all this in today, but we're going to, I'm going to share more things, a lot of, quite a number of things that we can get into as believers thinking that something maybe is true, but it isn't, and, and that's deception. 
When we are building our lives on God's Word, God's truth, we will stay out of or come out of, stay out of or come out of deception. And again, deception is when you really come to the place that you think something is true. But it's not. It's a lie. From the father of lies. When we're building our lives on God's word, God's truth will come out of deception. And we will reap the harvest of God's ways, which is the right way. The way of life. The Zoe, the God kind of life. When we're not building our lives on God's word, when we're not standing there and feeding ourselves with the word of God, planting that in our hearts, we'll reap a different kind of harvest that is not good. It'll be a bad harvest. And it will establish our lives on the ways of death. Unrest, depression, despair, hopelessness, fear, anxiety. Here's an acrostic, you've probably heard it, it's for the word fear. With the F is false, E, evidence, A, appearing, R, real. False evidence appearing real. And in these days, there's a lot of false evidence going around. And again, you can, we can see this on the national level, but also bring it closer to home. In fact, right close to home, to yourself, where the enemy will try to bring false evidence to you to bring fear and then despair and then hopelessness. And what you and I need to do is we need to stand up on the Word of God and say, this is the truth, and keep planting this Word in our hearts no matter what the storm of false evidence is around us. And we will eventually bear the fruit. I mean, the fruit, we'll see it from those seeds. We'll see that fruit. There's not room here, can you? <laughs> It'll come, Galatians 6, starting at verse 9. This is for us. Do not be deceived. Don't get into deception. God isn't mocked. For whatever, say that too, whatever, again, whatever, amen, or we can say a woman, child, sows that he will also, what? Reap. What we sow, you know, I didn't plant, I didn't plant beets and get the squash. I planted squash and got the squash. What I plant is what it's saying here is what I'll reap. For, verse 8, for he who sows to his flesh, we sow to the flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, 
will of the Spirit reap everlasting life, which is Zoe life. That word life there is Zoe. That's the God kind of life. So I keep getting this as Steve is sharing the question, how do I know if I am staying true to the word or how can I tell if I've been sowing to my flesh and probably in different areas excuses? If we find ourselves needing to make an excuse about something in our thinking or behavior or outlook or principle of something, yeah, but you understand. <laughs> There's reasons why I haven't been able to fully adhere to the truth of the word in that area. So anyway, that's what I kept getting, excuses. Lord, it continues there. It says, and let us not, this is verse 9 of Galatians 6. And let us not grow weary. And isn't it so challenging not to grow weary and quitting on some things? that we, especially if we've been believing for them for a long time, or maybe it's for other people, you know, not yourself, maybe it's for your children or grandchildren or nieces or nephews or sisters or brother or whoever, but it might be someone in the workplace or school. Uh, but it says here, do not, and let us not, this is an exhortation, let us not, grow weary while doing good. And see, that's the thing about planting the word, then we need to be doers of it, doing it, doing the good of the word, not hearers only, because then that leads us into deception. We'll get into that probably next, maybe next Sunday, James from James 1, that when we hear the word, we see it like we see ourselves in the mirror, but then we don't do it, then we deceive ourselves. It says here, let us not grow weary while we're doing good. For in due season, in due season, that squash, you know, I didn't pick it when it was just a blossom. There was some work the bees had to do in there. I saw a lot of bees around this summer. They were humming around all over the place. They had to do some work. What is that bee? What is that part of the illustration, I wonder? Holy Spirit? But anyway, that, that goes back to this verse you have at the very beginning. You want to share that? One verse that I kept getting uh, during the sabbatical was Psalm 119, 107. 
quicken your word to me. And as I would, in my quiet time or whatever, I would discover that, uh, like Steve, he's so faithful. He, with reading through the Bible, he's, it's on his iPad, but he listens to it. He listens to someone else reading. I can't do it that way. I, it takes me so long to read through the Bible. Because I keep studying and whatever. So we're different with that. But the beauty of, I think Mom Pomp and Grandma's Gleanings referred to that verse too. When you do read, just watch. There's a quickening of something that you read. If you, if you read a chapter, it's probably not the entire chapter that's going to light up to you, but there's a quickening of something that you read. And I love that, how alive the word comes to you. Makes it alive. Yeah. It, yes. an impartation. It becomes yes. a rhema word. We it say, becomes rhema. You know, a rhema word is one that you got. I mean, you got it. And that's the thing we need to watch if we're just reading through the Bible. We can't just do that. I mean, we, I, it's good to do it, but what I'm saying is the Holy Spirit needs to quicken it, quicken the Word to us. It's good to know the Word in general, but what we're talking about here is there's a quickening that comes. That Word gets planted in our lives. So what, what, I, what I consciously do, and I read Grandma's Gleanings every morning, and it's so full of scripture and confessions. And there's other things that I read, different um, ways of reading the Bible, but I have a little sticky note that always reminds me to say to the Lord, quicken, quicken your word to me, quicken your word to me. So that's just a little nugget that I started yeah. words, adding this words, summer. Make it alive to me. Mm -hmm. There's an impartation of something there. It becomes alive. I keep thinking of that bee bringing that pollen into that blossom. There's something there. There's a conception. There's a conceiving of the word in us. And that's the Holy Spirit that does that. He's ultimately your teacher, like Joyce and I this morning are the very good teachers that we hear all summer too. You know, we we bring forth the word and it needs to be under the anointing. But like it says, where is it? John one John two, that the Holy Spirit is really the ultimate teacher. He's the one that brings it home to you. Home to you. That's right. Amen. Home to you. He brings it home. And then the reaping of things, this is where we can grow weary because we think this is supposed to be there quicker than it, than it, than it is. And we, and we can quit. We can just give up on it and say, well, I'm not even going to water that anymore. and just going to leave it. It's not doing anything anyway. Well, that's 
with the Word of God, the things that we are standing on, and that's what we need to find, the Scripture that applies to our situation in life. Most of us have a situation or situations, plural, in life right now that we need to, that it would try to cause us anxiety, great stress, and fear, and then bring the depression and despair and hopelessness eventually. But we need to find the word concerning that. You know what? If you seek the Lord, he'll give you that word. And then you stay on that. You keep it. You know, like, oftentimes, Joyce and I will write it down, put it on. There's some things we've had for years now that we're still believing for. But it says, don't grow weary while doing good. For in due season, and then when that due season is there, it's there. The time to pick this squash was there. It was ripe and ready. And that's what God's Word says that we're to do. Don't grow weary. There's some that are here that are weary this morning. Some that are watching online. You're weary. Well, this is the exhortation. Don't grow weary. And the way that we do not be weary is to look to the Lord, to his word. But even times of praise and worship, I'll just pull back the curtain for you here just a minute this morning. I came here this morning and I thought, man, I'm weary. You know, it was, it was for us, you know, we're just getting back off the sabbatical and yesterday was, to me, and it was an emotional day because Ken is my friend. I've known him 40 years. And even Phyllis, you know, is our friend and, and others in here at there's something about a memorial service that really draws about everything out of you. You know, as you impart to people and you try to encourage them and comfort them and all that. And the way I felt this morning, I thought, I think Joyce should just have the message this morning. <laughs> I think we'll just have Joyce do it. <laughs> because I, but you know what? When Joshua and your team started leading us in worship, something happened, something changed, and I, I figured it would, you know, I believed it would because it happened so often. That's not the first time I felt that way. Probably others of you have felt that way. Maybe it's not to bring a message or something, but it's for something at work or whatever. I just can't do this. I just cannot go there one more day. I can't do it. That's the time to be like David was when he just fell on the ground and he strengthened himself in the Lord. Yes. You know, when he was in such a dire situation at Ziklag, you know, when he had lost his family. I mean, everything had been taken, all their goods and, 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 the, and his own company, his own soldiers, were turning on him and wanted to turn on him. What did he do? 
fell before the Lord and he strengthened himself in the Lord. That's what you need to do. That's what I need to do. And this is a good place to come to do it. Right here on Sunday mornings. I'm glad you can join us online. I'll be so glad when you're at that place you can be with us again. Hallelujah. Strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Sometimes in your own life you maybe just need to get alone. Find some place. Maybe it's in your car. On your way to work if there's no other place. But come before the Lord. Keep your eyes open as you drive. <laughs> but just, you know, strengthen yourself in the Lord. One way is just pray in the Spirit. I did a lot of that during worship this morning. Just praying in, in the Spirit. Uh, the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians 14, he who prays in tongues edifies himself. And that's the word like recharging of a battery. Recharging of a battery. So, we discovered the truth from God's Word. We lay our true and solid foundation by knowing and doing God's word. And this knowing and doing will remove the blindness, the bondages in which Satan would try to ensnare us, the deception, the delusion. It'll remove them. Continuing in the word of God will open our blind eyes because that's what deception is. We're blinded. And it will allow us to be free from those lies and deception of Satan. And that's enough for this morning for us to grab. We'll have some more of this because it's what the Lord wants. Was there any more that you had, Joyce? We want to be remembering Sue Steinhorst. Maybe you're watching right now, Sue and Dave. Uh, Sue's going through a series now of chemotherapy and uh, in Bemidji and you know we thank God for healing the supernatural healing and we thank God for medicines that he can give us we're thankful for all means of bringing health to us and we just pray for that supernatural touch of God just to kill any growth there that's on Sue's pancreas. You stand with me in that here this morning? I mean, join with me? We just agree for that. We address that growth. And we say, you shrink up to nothing in Jesus' name. Healing restored. Wholeness restored in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And we do have a few announcements here, too. Uh, one is that we do have a meal today, and it's uh, mashed potatoes and hamburger gravy. So sometimes we say, oh, we were going to have a meal, but it didn't work out. But this time, it's the other way around. We had announced there wasn't going to be. Sorry about that. But there actually is. 
and then a few other things here. Here's a, and we're going to have Shirley share an announcement in a moment. We have a mic here for you, Shirley. But here's a note from Kaylee Bush. Just uh, got this last night, I think. Hello, church family. I'm so thankful. Remember, we prayed for Kaylee last Sunday. Um, thankful for your prayers. I made it to Redding, California on Thursday this week. I wanted to say this to you all because I'm so thankful for our church family. Last night, my roommates and I were talking and they didn't have the sense of church family because it was big or whatnot. So it made me realize it's so encouraging to have a church family. So thank you all for being my family. With, she has a heart, a big heart there. I definitely miss you all, and I know this is right where I'm supposed to be, in a smiley face. Yes, that word from Kaylee. And then this, on Sunday, September 12, two Sundays from now, we'll be having a fish fry and Pa Blessing combined following the worship service. If you have deboned fish ready to eat, to contribute, please bring them by Sunday, September 5, which will be next Sunday. If you could bring them by next Sunday, that'd be great. Thanks. And then I think, let's see. Yes, Wednesday, Joyce and I will be having a touch point in teaching again. Uh, this week there will not be youth group. There's a recess from youth group for a few weeks here right now. There will be the Kairos meeting at 6.30, led by Tim and Kathy Pomp. Forgiving, you can give by mail to Pac 67 10 strike 56683 or give online. And Shirley, we have a mic here for you. There you go. Thank you so much, Pastor Steve and yes. Joyce. Well, I was here about uh, six months ago talking about a class that we were offering at the Republican headquarters called Constitution Alive. That has grown right now, and I'm so pleased to be able to tell you that. And I think one of the reasons that it has grown is that people are realizing, although they might not know Proverbs 3, 7, which you folks talked about so much, is that there are people that are being wise in their own eyes. And the scripture says that that makes a fool. And people are saying, you know, I think our country is this. I think our country was founded on that. I think, I think, I think. And the problem with that is that it's often not the truth. We're being deceived, as the word that Pastor Steve used. We're being deceived by listening to people who do not have the truth. Our country was founded on Christian principles, and we need to be going back to that. So anyway, I just wanted to say that we're offering this, these classes again. And it, there used to be just one class. I was teaching it, Constitution Alive. Now we have six things. It has grown because people have stepped up and said, I can teach that, I can teach that, and I want to teach that. So our wonderful people back there have helped me, Doug and Herb, get this up on the screen. And if you could just show the classes that we're going to be offering. 
And while they're doing, I will say, if you want to register for those classes today, I can do that out in the foyer. Okay, so the first one is Land of Hope, and that's a Hillsdale College um, class. There are five sessions, and Wayne Tiemann, who was one of my initial students, is doing this, and it's a broad and unbiased study, essential, and I think this is really important, essential for um, uh, cultivation of intelligent patriotism. So that's going to be offered, and you see the dates there, five consecutive, not, not exactly consecutive, five different times. Then I'm teaching a Constitution class, and that is done by David Barton, who is probably considered to be America's historian, and Rick Green, who started the Patriot Academy. And you see the beginning dates on that. And then we have a Bible study, and that's going to be taught by Jeff Meyer. And that is going to be, uh, we're going to be dealing with biblical worldview. And that's really a good jump off point to say this is how not only does the Bible say what we're supposed to do, but our Constitution and all of our founding documents go along with that. The next thing we're doing is we have a movie night. As I was teaching the Constitution class, people wanted to talk. They wanted to say, well, I have this great movie. Do you want to see it? And so on and so on. We didn't have time. So we're going to actually have a movie night, one each month. And there will be a person that moderates that. Then the next one we have is um, a moderated discussion. Again, people wanted to talk, so we're going to have one a month of that. And then we have a conceal and carry class that will be done by a Bemidji police officer. And so that's going to be available on Sundays. One, so far, we have only one scheduled. We will schedule one every month if we, if we can, if, we, if people want it. So please register for these. I want to do a quote, and that's Thomas Jefferson says, if we are to guard against ignorance, and remain free, which I think we probably all do. It's the responsibility of every American to be informed. So this is going to help you become informed, probably learning things that you didn't learn when you were in school. So there's a way to um, register. I can register you out there or else um, go to, and I've got a flyer for this, you'll go to BeltramiGOP.com and you can register for all of these classes. So thank you very much. Yes, thank you, Shirley. That does definitely flow right from what we were talking about. Right. That scripture she mentioned, I'll read it here. Do not be wise or self-reliant in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Hallelujah. So if anyone would like prayer, we'll be here to pray with you. We'd like to encourage you to stay for potatoes and hamburger gravy. The lunch maybe you had prepared, maybe you can eat that for supper. But it's a thing of fellowship. That's why we do this. That's part of what a family does, you know. They eat together. Even sometimes it's just coffee and cookies, but, but that's what we want to do. Praise God. Is that it? That's it. God bless you all and keep you. His face is shining upon you and giving you peace. 
He's gracious to you. Amen. Hallelujah.